0: Good morning. Take your Bible turn with me if you will to Third John third John. If you have a hard time finding it it's right beside Second John. Does that help at all? I don't know. It's right at the end of the New Testament. Follow with me as I read. Today's sermon is entitled, No Greater Joy. The title is taken from verse four. And I want you, as we read through Third John, uh, brief 14 verses, um, I want you to especially note the words for truth that are found here in this epistle. So think, think and maybe even note them, the words for Truth. Uh, 3 John, verse 1. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. For I greatly, uh, rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers who have borne witness of your love before the church. If you send uh, them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well, because they went forth for his name's sake, taking nothing from the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth." I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. Therefore, if I come, I will call uh, to mind his deeds, which he does, pratting against us with malicious words, and not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren, and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good, He who does good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has a good testimony from all around and from the truth itself. And we also bear witness, and you know that our testimony is true. I had many things to write, but I do not wish to write to you with pen and ink. But I hope to see you shortly, that we shall speak face to face. Peace to you, and our friends greet you. Greet the friends. By name, Let's pray. Father, we ask your blessing as we open up your word today. We ask, Lord, that you might encourage and strengthen us through your word, especially as we think and move uh, our service towards concluding with the Lord's table today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Reading a letter like 3 John is literally like reading somebody else's mail. It's very personal. There's a lot of personal references that are found here. Um, Interestingly, I made that statement, like reading someone else's mail, in Peru uh, when my wife and I were there a few years ago. It was Urubamba, Peru, up around 12,000 feet in the Andes. And as I was speaking through a translator, when I made that statement, the translator looked at me and said they don't know what mail is. And I was a little taken back at that, at that statement. Uh, but here's, here is um, not only Urubamba, which is a town of about 20,000 people, and Cusco, which is a town of about 500,000 people, have n- absolutely no concept of mail. They had no, no concept, they went from, from nothing to cell phones overnight, just, just, just like that. And so this concept, even that Paul is using, or rather John is using in the New Testament of having mail delivered, an epistle, which is a letter, having delivered, um, is, uh, was, 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 was culturally lost on them. It was kind of an interesting, I was a little bit of a quandary as uh, where I was going from, from, from that point on. But that's what this is. This is this is a personal letter from the Apostle John to his his friend, uh, Gaius, and so we see a little bit behind the scenes of what what ministry life is like, and and what what uh, uh, John's expectations and hence Christ's expectations are for not only the believer but for. The the church and what we find here is that what God expects in ministry is that it's about people, it's about relationships, it's about how we deal with each other and how we work together uh, with, with with each other. And so I want to I want to look just uh, we're going to look briefly here. Uh, interestingly we're going to look through an entire book of the scripture there are 66 books we're gonna look at one of them today Uh, so after today you only have 65 more left to look at so we're gonna look at we're gonna look at one one this morning and I want you to look with me first of all at what I call the delights of ministry the delights of ministry life of ministry is a life that's invested in people we we think oftentimes of church in terms of buildings in in, in brick and mortar and and uh, pews and pulpits and and pianos and and that's really not what ministry is. Ministry is is about people. And if you had none of the none of the physical structure of church, you could still be a church and still function and and work as a church because. Because ministry ultimately while we get distracted with the physical things of 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 structures and buildings, ministry is ultimately about people. Paul says something similar in 2nd Timothy or 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2, where he says, you are our epistle. Written in our hearts, known and read by all. And in fact, he goes on in verse 3 and says, you're, you're written by the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that is doing the writing in your hearts. And that's really what ministry is about. And and I want you to see that John gives us here three different kinds of individuals to look at. First of all, is, is, a, is a friend. He talks about his beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Uh, We don't know a lot about Gaius. Uh, We do know that apparently it was a lifelong relationship. And one of the things that you'll find in ministry, in church life, as well as uh, when you're in school, uh, whether it's a a Bible college or seminary, or or even in your, your own school education, you develop friends that last a lifetime. And and ministry is about working together and having a relationship with people that continue year after year after year. And you begin to understand each other and to think alike and to act alike and and after a while, close friends can, can even finish each other's sentences. And, and, and you begin to work together in a way that, that honors the Lord through this friendship. Notice in verse 14, he even says, um, greet, uh, greet our friends, and, and, and even by name. Paul's ministry, John's ministry... Peter's ministry is characterized by people who were friends in ministry. Read sometimes Romans uh, chapter 16 and and all of the names. Chapter 16 of Romans is filled with with personal references, name after name after name, of people who were close uh, to ministry. So we, we, we. One of the delights of ministry is is friendship, but number two, one of another delight is family. Uh, n- notice in verse four, John says, "I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth." Now, John's reference, or uh, John's reference here, is really not a reference to children of the flesh, his own his own progeny. Uh, That's that's probably not what he's talking about. He's talking more about spiritual children. Uh, So, for example, Paul talks about Timothy as being my son in the faith. Well, we know that Paul was not Timothy's father, but, but nor did he lead him to Christ, because he was already saved when he came upon him. But, but understand that there is this spiritual relationship that we have with other people, that is, that is uh, like a family relationship. Now, my, my wife and I have four daughters. We talk with every daughter, sometimes every day. This last week, um, after last Sunday's morning service, we hopped in the car went up to Minneapolis where two of our daughters live. Uh, Then there was on Wednesday, there was a funeral down in Kansas City that we had to get to. So I have this week, I have been in Minneapolis with two daughters, down in Kansas City seeing our third daughter, and our fourth daughter in Illinois thought that on Friday we ought to swing to Illinois just so we could hit all four daughters in one week. But one of the joys that we have in our, in our relationship as a husband and wife is that all four of our daughters not only know the Lord as their Savior, but they all married godly men. In fact, all four of them have been either deacons, three of them have been deacons in churches. Uh, the, the fourth one, our, our, our youngest daughter married a young man who's been on a church staff and is preparing now for, for uh, music ministry in a church somewhere. That brings great joy to us and understand that, 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 that they, walk, they, they are walking in truth. This spiritual relationship This family relationship that we can have with one another often becomes closer than our own family. When we pastored in New Jersey, almost everybody in our church was a first generation Christian. In other words, their parents were not saved. Some of them had subsequently become saved, but many of them felt closer to the church family that they had because they had this common bond in Christ. And, and they oftentimes struggled going home for things like, like Christmas vacations because when they went home, it was a spiritual battle and there was, there was, a, there was a spiritual conflict in their, in their own physical family and so when they came to church it was there there was a there was a bond that they had in Christ in the in the church that actually was made them closer to one another than their own physical families and we understand that J- john is referencing here in verse 4 he's referencing the people that he has had an influence in for the cause of Christ, I have this week. I've reflected some in thinking through this passage once again. I have reflected on some of the impact of of my ministry over the years, and and of the of the of the people that have had a, had a, a crossed our paths, and we've had opportunity for influence over the years, and 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 recognize that. There is, there is great joy to hear that our children, whether it's our own physical children or whether it is our spiritual children, are walking in truth. Notice in verse 2, there is a, there is a wish for physical health, but also that your soul would prosper. Not only for prosperity physically, but prosperity spiritually there is in verse three there is the sense of a public testimony that they testified of the truth that is in you just as you walk in the truth and understand that that there is this this testimony that is both observable and quantifiable and then this great joy if you want to experience the opposite of great joy, have a child that has walked away from the faith. Have a child that has left the faith. The agony and the pain and the, and the, and the sorrow that accompanies that. Paul sa- or John says, my greatest joy. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. So not only friends, not only family, but John brings, I think, a third category in here, and that is the fellowship of workers, the fellowship of workers. And look with me, if you will, at verse 12. He actually mentions one. Demetrius has a good testimony from all and from the truth itself, and we also bear witness, and you know that our testimony is true. And we don't know much more than verse 12 about Demetrius. But he was worthy of being mentioned by name. Can you imagine having your name mentioned in the annals of Scripture to forever be remembered as that good uh, co-worker of the Apostle John? Remember Demetrius. Wow, wow, what a a blessing to to be actually not only remembered but mentioned in Scripture for your faithfulness. A good report by all, no matter who you asked of what Demetrius was, you know what what the report always was? He is a good guy who is faithful to the truth. He is a a faithful witness for Christ. He is is there when he needs to be there. He is is a help when a help is needed. Uh, When when there's a work day, he's the first one to show up. He He is a blessing to everybody who knows him. What a fellowship John had with Demetrius. But that leads to a contrast in our passage because secondly, not only do we want to think of the, the delights of ministry, but think with me about the dangers of ministry because in, in verse 9, not only do we have Demetrius honored, but we have this man named Diotrephes who is mentioned as well. And so secondly, the danger of ministry just like the blessing it would be to have your name remembered as, as a good and faithful co-worker, Demetrius, can you imagine the, 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 the scorn and the ridicule of being named in, in Scripture forever as being a scriptural, spiritual rascal? Diotrephes. Diotrephes. We see several characteristics of Diotrephes In verse 9, he is, he is motivated by pride. It says he loves to have the preeminence among them. He's motivated by pride. Love the preeminence. He, he wanted to be the first person. He, he wanted his idea to win. He wanted his, his thoughts to be the, the thoughts that were, that, that were winning the day. He wanted to be the one who stood up front. He wanted to be the one who was noticed. He loved to have the preeminence. He was motivated by pride. Not only that, but notice it says in in um, um, in verse ten, prating against us with malicious words. He had malicious words. His his speech was not healthy. His his words were injurious you know um, you know the old saying sticks and stones um, can break my bones but words could never hurt me you know that's not true words words can be words could be very damaging to us words can words could be very hurtful his malicious words in verse 10 and then notice, in verse 10 it continues, and not content with that, he was malcontent in service, not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. One of the, one of the underlying contexts of, 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 of John is, is understanding that there were people who were traveling who needed the assistance of the church. And, and Diotrephes is putting them out. He is saying that's, they're not welcome here. Understand this man, Diotrephes, is forever recognized as being someone who is, who is damaging the church. Notice verse 11. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, talking about Diotrephes, but what is good. He who does good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God. Their works reveal their heart. Look with me in in the book of Jude, just the very next book. In my Bible, it's the same page. If you go down to Jude, verse 10. But these speak evil of whatever they do not know, and whatever they know naturally, like brute beasts and these things, they corrupt themselves. Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. They have run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit, and perished in the rebellion of of Korah. These are spots in your love feasts, and while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves, they are clouds without water, carried about with winds, late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame, wandering stars for whom is reserved the the blackness of darkness forever. Both John and Jude are... Not talking about outside influences, talking about people who are influencing the church. This is why in in, in Acts chapter 20, when, when Paul describes the duties of a pastor, he says, I warned you of the dangers from within, of wolves in sheep's clothing. And not only that, I warned you of the outside dangers. It's really the, one of the important jobs of a pastor is, is to protect the church. I find it intriguing in 3 John that Diotrephes, John doesn't say to the church, to Gaius, the elder, the pastor, he doesn't say put him out, he doesn't say discipline him, he doesn't give that kind of a of instruction here in 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 3 John, but but there is a, a warning to be aware of him and and don't let him overly influence uh, the church. There is a a third statement here in in this uh, in this passage, and that has to do with the duty of ministry. We have the delights of ministry, the danger of ministry, now thirdly the duty of ministry. And the first thing that there is a duty is to have fidelity in truth. I hope you were noticing as we read through 3 John the number of times that the word truth is used. I count six different times that the word truth is used. We are to Uh, love in truth in verse 1 in verses 3 and 4 we are to walk in truth in verse 8 there is there there are to be working for truth service for truth and understand that that truth is all about the scriptures truth is all about the gospel truth is about the fact that Jesus Christ came and died for sin That he died for my sin and for your sin. It is the truth that the gospel must be believed by faith. And it has to do with understanding how God has revealed himself through the scriptures. Truth needs to characterize our lives. One of the most graphic descriptions that I could give you is to walk in truth. What is walking Well, walking is putting one foot in front of the other walking is is um uh, matriculating from one area to the next it is is it is living life publicly it is it is living life in front of your neighbors it is living life in front of your coworkers and in front of uh the uh the the people on the street the the people with your cars uh, what are what are what is going on in your life not only privately but especially publicly we are to walk in truth let me speak just for a moment to the younger generation which is quite a few of you here this morning and if you're not sure if I'm talking to you if if you're if you're in if you're in doubt, I probably am. If you think, well, he's talking to someone else, then I'm probably not. Okay? So I'm the younger generation today. You are going to be making choices. Some of them are life changing choices. They are they are choices that will send you one direction or another. Things like, where are you going to school? What are you going to do with, the, with your life? Uh, who, will you, who will you marry? Those kinds of choices are going to send you in different directions. And what I want you to do is I want you to take this idea of walking in truth to heart. I want you to understand that the choices that you make None of them are made in isolation. And you need to to run the choices that you are making through the grid of the scriptures and understand that the choices that you make are to enable you to walk in truth. The Bible today is under attack from every direction. Now, the Bible has always been under attack since its very inception whether it's whether we find it in the Old Testament or whether it's in New Testament through church history it's been under attack this is not this is not something new but what I want you to understand is that if if you listen to the chatter of the outside world their goal their stated goal is to cause you to disbelieve the Bible. And yet we are to walk in truth. We are to walk as though the truth makes a difference. We encourage you to make choices that make a difference not because of what you want, but because of truth. We are to have fidelity to truth. Number two, The duty of ministry is not only fidelity to truth, but it also is faithful in service. It is faithful in service. Verses 5, let me read verses 5 through 8 one more time. Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers who have borne witness of your love before the church. If you send them forward in their journey in a manner worthy of God, you do well because they went forth for his name's sake, taking nothing from the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. There was a first century issue, really rather unique to the culture of, of the first century, in which traveling preachers needed hospitality. And and that's really the focus of what John writes. For example, if you look in 2 John, just the previous chapter, in 2 John, if you'll look in verse 10, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, what is he talking about? He's talking about these traveling preachers who... Who depended on the hospitality of other Christians for their ministry. And and John warns, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, the doctrine of who who Christ is, that that he is God, of the gospel, do not receive him into your house or greet him, for he who greets him shares in his evil deeds." and he's not really talking here the house is not really talking about putting them up for the night but what he's talking about in second john he's talking about house churches he long before there were ever church buildings churches met in homes and he's talking about don't give the pulpit to someone who's preaching error don't 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 surrender the, the, the sacred ground of, of preaching to someone who is not giving us the truth. And so here you have this, this, um, this connectivity that the first century was to have, but there was a basis for it. The connectivity had to do with truth there's a reminder here to stay connected with other churches there's a a a reminder here of the of the responsibility that churches have to help other churches in verse 8 notice that he says we ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth there's a partnership that we have with each other it's it's a little bit like, and I'll use, I'll use Ryan as an example this morning, who is going on this missions trip. There is a connectivity that, that we share, even though his summer ministry isn't here, it's somewhere else, there is a connectivity that we have, even though we don't know the church in Indiana there's a connectivity that we have in in becoming fellow workers for the truth. We do this with our missionaries. We sh- we share the responsibilities with missionaries for each other. And there ought to be a greater connectivity of churches working together. That's really it's really one of the things that that John is emphasizing here is is that while we we, we, we meet in different locations, you know, we are in Des Moines, there are churches in different regions of Des Moines, as well as other, other areas like Ankeny and Grimes and Altoona. There, we're, we're, we're in different places, but there is a connectivity that we need to have because of the truth. And understand that our service is for the Lord. And I would ask you today, what is is in your hand? What are you able to do? All of us are not able to preach. All of us are not necessarily able to do all kinds of ministry. But I would say all of us can do something. All of us can, can participate in the duty of ministry. All of us can participate in one way or another. Now, as we think this this morning and we head towards the Lord's table, I would like to ask you. I'm going to come back to verse four. I have no greater joy, John says, than to hear that my children walk in truth. And I want to just encourage you today. Where are you spiritually? Where are you? Where are you in this journey? Are you walking? Yes. You're 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 articulating from one place to another but how are you doing that are you doing it in truth are you doing it in the gospel are you doing it in faith are you doing it in service for the Lord and I want to encourage you today that what you do for the Lord is done for his honor and glory do you know Christ as your personal savior if you were to die today do you know that you would go to heaven? And having received Christ as your Savior, are you walking in truth? John says, I have no greater joy than that my children walk in truth. Are you walking today in truth? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the blessing of faith for the blessing of the gospel, for the fact that Jesus Christ came and shed his own blood for our sin. We thank you today for the blessings of being able to walk in the truth of the scripture. And we ask today, Lord, that you would encourage and strengthen us for your namesake. We think, Lord, as we come before the the Lord's table, we would search our hearts, that we would uh, try to seek and and see what uh, is going on in our own lives as we uh, uh, quietly and and uh, expectantly come before your throne of grace we thank you Lord for the opportunity of of ministry and we ask Lord that you would help us to serve in truth in Christ's name we pray amen